Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Hey everyone, Kyle Maloney again on the Savage to Sage podcast. And I'm excited to have Gabe Peters on here. This is my first time hosting him, uh, a person that's been on here previously. And so we're excited to have uh, Gabe on here today. So Gabe, welcome again uh, to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. So Gabe um, has has been involved with uh, a lot of kind of startups and is a partner at uh, Screen Broidery um, as the COO there. Um, he's also been the co-founder of the Soccer Salvation. One of the things that was so unique about learning about Screen Broidery was just kind of uh, that you're a merchandise agency and you believe in people, knowledge, quality, and that marketing matter. I love seeing the value statements that people put up around their businesses. And to me, having people be as an important value that you believe in people as the first thing that you put, I imagine there's some intentionality behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think most leaders would tell you without the people in the organization, the organization doesn't exist. Uh, we believe, you know, that our people are the reason why we've had success. And so, um, and we put that intentionality in everything. So we have culture built around, you know, uh, recognizing those people about when we hire those people, we're looking for similar, similar qualities. Uh, we're really looking at, you know, building an organization that the people mesh and the people have a similar ideals of how to treat a customer, how to um, treat each other, how to uh, just go about everyday life that fits in a positive way. And I think that when you mesh all these people together, the success kind of just builds on itself, really. You don't have to do as much as you think you have to do as a leader. You know, it's just like, let the people do what they're good at. That's awesome. I love that. Just kind of freeing up your people. You know, as I said prior, we kind of interviewed you um, a couple of years ago. Um, and so as I've interviewed people on the Savage Sage podcast, uh, the pandemic has been something that has largely kind of changed who you are as a person, your business, and those types of things. So as we kind of do this second interview, like I'm excited to kind of talk about you know, what have been some of these important changes that have happened for you and for your company over the past couple of years? Yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting being back on the podcast because the last time I was on was, you know, early 2021. So we were still really in the midst of, you know, a lot of the challenges that were, you know, I would say still facing in some level, but not near as much as we were in early 21 at this point. Um, and our industry has been, as well as most, inventory and people. And those things have, you know, they've changed. I think you kind of personally and with most of our staff, and including the people we've hired, is 2020 forced everyone to reset. And it really made everyone step back and say, what is important to me? And maybe driving a career to the top or making a ton of money was at the top before that. And maybe it's like, well, you know what? I don't really care about making a lot of money. I want to drive around the country in an RV and, 
you know, go work out of my, you know, on the beach one day and in the mountains the next. And, and it's really just shifted, I think, a lot of mindsets. We saw that a lot before in like a younger group. So the, the new grads over the past handful of years were really, you know, really built on the journey of life versus like the career path and the what it's like, what's going to, what's going to allow me to do all these other things I want to do. And, you know, for a lot of us, and I was even say the older generation was all just about the stability about of a career. And it's just not the same. I think that stability has really gone out the window for most people. You, you know, I'd say the average time people are spending in jobs has even gone down. And so it's really about finding people's purpose. And then how can you tap into that purpose? And that purpose may not include screen embroidery. It may not include being an employee here. It may not include anything to do with work at all, but it's really just like, how can you help support those end goals? Cause like it, to have an idealization of that, you know, Kyle's going to work at screen embroidery forever is not realistic. Right. And so if we don't go into it with that mindset, you're way less like on on your heels if someone does leave. So our hope is that no one ever does, right? But um, people get better offers or they get an opportunity to take a bigger position and you can't ever blame those people for that. And so what's really, you know, our goal in our mindset is to like tap into those people's personal goals. So those personal goals can be I want to be able to travel more with my family. I want to be able to afford a new house or whatever it is. And we really help tie their individual goals as a com- from the company side back to those things. Like, okay, well, if you want to buy a new house, how can we help you hit X goals so that you can earn more money or whatever it is? And we really try to like tap into those things. And I think those personal goals matter more than ever just because of that reset. I mean, ever the world moves fast and I would you know, I don't think it's moving any slower, but I do think that people have taken a step back and said, kind of reprioritized a little bit. Even people who had been on a rocket ship to the top is like, maybe I really don't want that. <laughs> and so I think you see this paradigm shift in, in thinking. Yeah, that, that makes tons of sense. And, you know, I think people that I've, that I've had on the podcast, they have alluded to that, um, but just kind of like, how your company has specifically aligned to kind of understanding the market and with those shifts, you know, that have come with the pandemic, I think is really proactive. And I would, I would just, I imagine that people would respond in a really positive way as you've made that shift. You know, would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think as I think whenever you can tap into someone's like personal goals and really care about helping them accomplish them. I think it's easy to say like, what's your personal goal? It's like, okay, cool. I hope you accomplish them. Um, And it's also something to say, you know, for example, we have someone who wants to do like baking on the side and it's just like something fun for her, but she wants to create like this little business. Um, And so we're like, okay, can we help you design a logo? Um, Like, can we help you like come up with how to set up your business entity and like, it's not something she probably wants to ever do like on a full scale, full-time basis. But if she has the capabilities and she want, and we have the capabilities internally to help her, you know, it's very little resources that really takes from our side, but it also adds a ton of value to that person and our relationship with them as a company. 
the most important thing is that we actually care about it. You know, you have to care about it as an individual and not just write it down on paper. Before we had those, you know, four really core values that we set down and we focus everything to those four, we had just like general statements, you know, like this is what we want to do and we want to be a great company, but it was like not as focused. And so we got a core, a core group of our team together and we're like, what really matters? Like, and then we like took, you know, these hundreds of things and then like started paring them down. Okay. This is like all gearing at people. This is all gearing at like the knowledge, whether it's about our industry, about products, about our customers, about just general things. We know that marketing matters. We're a marketing company. I mean, it has to matter for us and quality quality is always at the top of our list too. So those four things were like, if we have these four things to focus on, then like we really care about them and we put them in everything we do, then that will showcase that like, we're not just writing it on paper and like, we really put them into practice. I think we've always cared about it. It's just, if you don't have it really defined, it's really easy to say, I really care about this, but we don't really have anything to show for it. Yes. Yes. And so just, just, I'm going to kind of back up a little bit because I know we dived like right in and because we, we dived right, because I love asking the value questions because it's so who I am. Like, I just like good values. Let's talk about them. Like, you know, those types of things. So forgive me for kind of going straight there, but let's back up a little bit. Okay. So those are your four core values. Like when were those developed? And then even before that, like, kind of what do you guys do as a company? Like kind of who are you? What type of problem are you solving? I want to make sure that our viewers know uh, the company that you're running and what you have to offer. Yeah. So at heart, we're a creative branding agency. So we do everything from product branding to creative. So the design and and sourcing of those products all the way through to the fulfillment. So we have e-commerce, we do it all in-house And so we're really looking at, you know, there's a ton of competitors of us that can put a brand on anything, right? I mean, that's not that uncommon to be able to find. The thing that really helps set us apart is that we really get to know our customers on a personal level. So we really want to know what those challenges are that they're facing. And then we go to help solve those with different solutions. So sometimes that's like, Hey, you have a creative capacity, use our creative team. We can, you guys can creatively direct it and then we can get to this better end goal faster. Um, Sometimes it's using e-commerce and fulfillment and our new on-demand production facility that can, you know, tie all these things together to make them happen better and faster and more cohesive. And so we really just go to the heart. It's like, we have this shirt, actually, I wish I had it here to show you, but it says problem finder, problem solver, because it's like, we want to be problem finders. You know, anyone, a lot of people can be problem solvers, but it's harder to find the actual problem. So we always say, you know, you know, find the root of the problem. Don't, you know, what are you solving? Are you solving the symptom or the problem? You know, we really put a lot of effort into like really finding a solution and not just saying like, here's products. Like, at the heart of it, we're a product company, but we products are the last thing we talk about. Mm. I love it. I love it. And to me, that just means that your values are um, so paramount. The fact that you've put kind of like uh, put the business not on the not on the back, but you're just 
how you represent your business and how you operate within your business is is equally important, if not a bit more important. Is that correct? Like just kind of. I, I mean, I'd venture to say it's more important because it really drives the business. Like if you don't have these core things, then your business really doesn't have legs to stand on. I mean, yeah, you can do good work, and that good work will get you so far. But you know, the growth side of it and the sustained growth of it is where that gets really a lot tougher. It's like you can get to a a place, but that place is going to be a lot shorter. That ceiling's going to be a lot lower. And really it's it's a lot harder to make a bigger impact. There's a huge push for sustainable products. So we're doing things like trying to develop some of our own sustainable brands and our own sustainable products that we can help push. I heard this quote not long ago where um, someone in our industry said they're a, a really large company and they said that they created a sustainable brand and they they sold like 24% of their business was through the sustainable brand the past year. No one knew who the sustainable brand was, but their sales reps are pushing it. And I think a missed uh, opportunity in our industry is that we don't think to push sustainable products as well always. So it's like if someone asks us for sustainable products, we're always pushing them, right? We always give you options. But when someone asks us for something general, we don't always give them a sustainable option as well. And people think that sustainability has to come with like a huge price tag, and it really doesn't. Well, it's likely going to cost a little bit more, but it necessarily doesn't change your budgets. So where we can do, we, we can make a bigger impact like on the world, not just like on that and you know client in particular is really looking at these sustainability pieces, developing these brands. I'm actually working right now on developing this sustainable t-shirt. So it has recycled content in it. This will be our brand. We'll create the content or the uh, contents of the shirt. There'll be our shirts, but we'll be able to give a sustainable option a lot cheaper because we can create it ourselves. So these things are, are just things that we put a lot of effort into because we believe in them, because we know that customers also care about them, but we also care about them too. We're trying to limit, you know, waste is a huge thing in our, in our world, but in our industry too, we ship tons of pack, you know, thousands of packages a, a week. And so thinking about all the waste with that packages is like, how do we use different packaging that has recycled content or it's recyclable or whatever it is. So we're constantly looking at these things that, you know, honestly cost us more money, to be honest, you know, the recycled packaging has cost us more money. I think it gives us an opportunity to tell that story that we care about it and that we're doing something about it. Um, but then also to actually like at the heart of it, you have to care about just making the impact and the impact. If you don't really care about that, then the marketing side is only going to take you so far. And it doesn't really like have that, like really meet to your argument or what you're really trying to do. We say that we care about it, but then like actually putting just some of those things into action is important for us. And, and also letting those leaders of those departments really help you know, lead that charge. So our fulfillment manager, you know, pushing towards what are these options we have for sustainable packaging, or if we're shipping things like what are different things we can do to help save waste. So we're constantly looking at that stuff, which is more on just like the impact side, but I think it matters both to our customers as well as our employees. You know, I think our employees care about it too. 
And so we can also show to them that we're, you know, creating something that matters. That's great. That's great. So going back a little bit further, like with the, with the, with the values, you know, the people, the knowledge, the quality, you know, marketing, they all matter. Was that kind of a recent development for your guys' company? And like, what led you to kind of say, Hey, instead of us going X, Y, Z, all these different directions, like, can you tell me about the process about you guys saying, Hey, let's really hone in and focus here. Yeah, it's probably about six years ago now, five or six years ago now. We kind of, I would say like in the, in our minds, these things have always mattered to us, these four specific things, um, but it was really just never there, right? We never had anything really focusing our attention on it. And when we create new things, like we didn't necessarily have us pointing that guiding light of like, does it hit one of these core values? If it doesn't, then it's not something that fits our brand. And so we got like five people together and we said, we just got in a room and was like, actually we did it at lunch and we just had this notepad and we were just writing down like, what, what really matters to us? What makes us different? What really matters? What do we really care about as individuals, as a company? And we had like, I don't know, 10 pages worth of stuff. Cause we were just like all spitting off stuff. Um, but we kind of started like grouping these things together and and all the people that were part of that process had been here a little bit and like really understood who we were. We were much smaller at that point. And so it was like really like developing who we were as like a true identity of a company. It's like not just like these are the things that we subconsciously know, but we also want like any new person to know this. We want, you know, when they come in, we want them to know like these are the things that they need to care about to work for us. And also just being able to say those things to our customers, like, you know, telling them that quality matters. Like this is an example. We give anyone on the production line or any part of the process, the ability to pull something out and says, this isn't good enough to send to a customer. And that costs us money all the time, but I would much rather them pull it and have be proud of what they're sending out. And the end user is going to get that and maybe feel the same way. Um, I would say we're more picky than any end user would be. And I'm also okay with that because it gives everyone pride in what they're, they're creating with our new on-demand production facility. We run all of our online production through there, our e-commerce production. And, you know, we, we've, we opened it last September and we did just over 10,000 pieces in there that from September to the end of last year. And those pieces, you know, we'll have things where we have conversations on. It's like, is this good enough to send? And it's like, I can't tell what you're pointing out. So I would say yes, but like, it gives them the ability to say like, there's this little thing and like, but then we can like either correct the process or correct. Um, maybe it's just the item. Like we damage out items all the time where we're like, Hey, this just isn't quite good enough. Nine times out of 10, it probably would be, it would be sufficient for the customer. Um, but we just hold ourselves to a higher standard. And what I really believe in on that side is like, I also want them to say at the end of the day, when they leave that, like, they're proud of everything that we sent out the door. And if they're not, then they're not going to love their work as much. And they're not going to want to do it as much. And they're not going to care about producing that top quality garment because they're, they're just, we don't care about it as a company. So why are they going to care about it? 
you know, m- customers never know that that happens, but we just, we just believe it internally. So we let them make those calls. Any person on our company can make that call. It could be our controller walks through the room and is like, Hey, that doesn't look that great. And it's like, we shouldn't send that out. It's like, all right, <laughs> we're not going to send this out, but it doesn't usually happen a lot to be honest, but it just, it gives us the ability to, to have it in place. And it doesn't make someone question, well, should I, you know, make this call? And so by making these things part of our really like our daily life in screen embroidery is like, these are what we care about. These are our core values. And everything that we do has to point to one of these things. And if it doesn't point to one of these things, then it's probably not the direction we should take. And there's multiple times where like, you know, we're having conversations of like, hey, this is going to cost us X amount of money to do. Does it really make sense? And then, you know, there's been multiple times where it's like, well, it really supports this value. If we say knowledge matters, then like, we really need to like put our money where our mouth is and, you know, front the money because they know the value of the knowledge is going to pay off later. So those are hard decisions to make sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not as easy as like, yeah, we know marketing matters and we can send out this digital thing. It's like, that doesn't cost us a ton of money, but, you know, making some of these decisions based on these four things really drives us on a daily basis at this point. When we decided those, we like put them in and we put like descriptions around them and like what they really mean. And we tell like, as part of people's onboarding, they, they are told like, these are the you know values that we live by and these are what they mean. The people matter one, I think is like obviously the most important for me. Um, and so we build recognition around that. We have these little challenge coins that are called people's champ coins. And every month anyone can give them out to anyone. It's just something that mattered to them that they did. And at the end of the month, we have the people's champ and the people's champ is whoever had that many coin had the most coins that month. And so they win like some money and they win like the uh, special parking spot at the office, which is like become more sacred as we have less and less parking spots with more people here. <laughs> so everyone's like fight for the parking spot more than anything now. Um, and then we also have this little traveling trophy. So it sits at their desk for that month and just kind of like recognize them. We, we recognize them on social media and stuff like that too. So, um, people feel good about that. And it really like shows that like, there's all these little things everyone does throughout a month, but it doesn't necessarily mean they always get recognized. And so by implementing this, these coins, it, it really allows them to, be recognized in a different fashion. Like, and there's one winner every month, but we also go around the room and like anyone can highlight something else someone someone did. So if there's like, hey, I, this person really did something that mattered a lot and like made a big deal, but they didn't necessarily win the people's champ. That's cool. That's great. Now, we, you know, as we've, as we talked prior to, you know, hitting the record button, there's been some big changes within the company over the past couple of years. Um, You've mentioned that you've, you, you know, a couple of years ago, you had 15 people employed with you guys, but now you have 30 people that have joined your team. And you said that there's kind of been lots of things that you've had to learn, uh, challenges that you've needed to take on. And so I just wanted to kind of park here for a little bit to kind of say, what has been some of the learning that's been for you guys as you've 
you know, you've doubled in size as far as your employee count. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. I think operationally, we found out where there were some gaps um, by just having that many more people on the systems. So we went from about 14 or 15 people to, I think currently we have like 34 or five. We have another person starting today. We have another person starting next week. I mean, it's one of those things where it felt like every other week or something, we were onboarding someone. We, you know, we didn't have like a full-time HR person. So like pulling some of these, you know, even their equipment and stuff in, making sure their business cards get here and their equipment and their onboarding package. And then, you know, all these pieces that you're like, when you're hiring a couple people a year, you're like, it's very easy to do, right? It doesn't have to be super buttoned up. You're just like, these are the things we want to do. We know they need to get done. They happen a couple of times a year and that's, that's it. You know, we, we were hiring at least one person a month. And so because of the pandemic, a lot of companies took major hits. And so a lot of people fell out of jobs or were looking for jobs because those companies weren't doing well. And so we took that as an advantage to, to get some people on our team that are valuable people that were just now floating around or at least interested in looking for a new position that weren't before. And so we got a lot of people and we didn't necessarily need the person yet. And it was like, we have an opportunity for this really good person we really like, and we don't want to like miss an opportunity for them. So we kind of took some major risks on, on a couple, you know, a handful of people. Whereas like, we just know that they'll be really valuable to the team. Like we'll try to figure out, you know, the rest of it later. And we, we've been growing at such a good pace that we know that there's going to be volume there. So it's a little bit easier in that, that scenario to do that. Uh, but we've, you know, I would say just the people is the biggest thing. I mean, adding twice as many people, you know, it creates a different dynamic in the office. You have now, like we had space issues, like where do we put people? We hired people remotely. So we have um, a couple people in Kentucky and Ohio and um, just remotely in Indiana, you know, dealing with how those teams work now, um, the communication around those teams, the checks and balances that you can have in, in a office space that you can't have on a remote, you know, like how do we make sure that we're supporting them in the way that they need it? And not just like, Hey, I have, you know, I have the person I need two doors down. I can just run over there real quick. Like that's not as easy when you're, you know, a state away. And then also from like the sales and the training side, it's like, how do we train them? Right. Like when you have someone next to you, you can let them just sit next to you all the time. Um, when someone's remote, it's like, how do we make sure that we set them up for success and not just get them to a point where it's like, all right, you're onboarded now go like, go do what, right? Like, what do we want them to do? Figuring out a lot of these operational things is, was a little bit of a, I wouldn't say too much of a challenge, but just a learning experience. Like, I don't think we had a whole lot of bumps in the road, but we definitely learned where we weren't necessarily doing as well as we could have. And so I think, you know, creating some of these things that we have over the past year, year and a half has made us a better team as a whole, you know, like we're, we're not so reliant on the person next door. Um, we have other ways to communicate and other systems to allow us to like be more efficient on our own and to allow 
the scalability of people's time to be a little higher and just open up the, you know, kind of the software side allows us, you know, big time to allow people to be a little more self-sustainable. So we've, you know, we put a major emphasis on hiring different departments. So with all those different departments comes different challenges, you know, sales, if you haven't been in our industry is a little bit of a tricky situation to get you to understand what is available to be out there. I mean, there's millions of products we can brand. So the fact that the product selection is so large, you know, creates a little bit of a challenge there. We have order management we hired for, we have creative team we've hired for, we, you know, we've increased our fulfillment staff. So just all these different departments has different needs and different equipment needs and different um, software communication tools, you know, with hiring, we, we tripled in sales staff. And so with that being the case, there was a lot more support needed. Um, So we, we have, you know, five people on the creative team, six, including e-commerce and Whereas those individuals are just working on, you know, internal marketing and customer, customer art all the time. Um, Whereas before we had two people. So we've amped up a lot of these other teams, but with, you know, creative especially has a lot different needs than what our sales staff may have. So getting systems in place, getting systems in place that not only fit their needs, but supported our sales staff with what they they may need from the art team. There's all these pieces that have like become a little more apparent of where they need a little more uh, sophistication. You know, you can get by on a lot of unsophistication, if you will, it, with when you're smaller. <laughs> As you start getting a little bit larger, you have to find a lot of efficiencies and in whether it's your tech stack or just your processes in general. Yeah. I mean, I think you described kind of how you guys developed as a company really, really well with adding all those staff. What do you think some like, um, some more, some good resources for you um, as you guys think about, and as your, you know, executive team was managing, you know, all this change within the company. I think, each other's uh, backgrounds and each other's past experiences really helped us. Some of us have worked at really large companies. Some of us have worked at startups. Some of us have been kind of in between there. Um, Some of us have worked through acquisitions. And we hired some higher level managers last year, which really helped us solidify uh, processes and the training and the kind of management of individuals to really help them be successful. Whereas your capacity gets so tapped that you have all these like grand plans for someone, but if you can't really help support them, then it really is tough for them to be successful. Um, that was a big step for us. We, you know, that's a, it's a harder position to fill. You want to make sure that that person's the right person um, because they're coming from usually a lot of, experience on their own. So you want to make sure that that really fits what you're looking to build and what you've started to build already. We added some really good people. Our creative director, he left for a year and he ended up coming back. That was a huge addition back for us. Our We hired a sales and marketing 
uh, leader. He's been amazing for us and really helped drive the team to, to be just more successful. We, I think just le- really leaning on each other. We have, you know, some people outside of the organization that we're, I would consider them like mentor type people uh, that we've, you know, talked to and said, you know, here's what we're trying to do, kind of get their feedback. But I think really is like, we kind of had been building this structure for a long time. So the structure was really there for the most part. We just needed the people to fill the spaces. So, you know, I think the people is both the hardest and the most important piece to the puzzle and filling that, you know, filling those roles with the right people, making sure that those people really align with what you're wanting to accomplish as a company and as individuals was probably the most difficult part. We leaned on our network. Um, A lot of people actually came to us looking for positions, especially within our industry. We have uh, three people on staff that just knew each other, actually more than that, four or five now um, that knew each other. They, which, you know, is a good thing. It could possibly create challenges, but for us is they're going to have buy-in to each other as well. So they're not just going to have buy-in to the organization and what we're trying to accomplish, but they also want to see each other be successful. So one of those um, guys on the sales team, he's been here probably five or six years and he brought two people he knew on to the sales team and now he's their team lead. So it's really kind of allowed this like organizational structure to evolve, um, give people more opportunity. You know, people that have been here a long time, when we were smaller, there really wasn't anywhere to go. They were kind of at the top of their their levels, but adding people, adding processes, adding all these things has allowed them to grow as well, which has been, you know, that's probably been the most rewarding piece for me is seeing the people who have been here a long time really grow and, and oversee teams. Like a lot of times we knew they were capable of it. We just didn't quite, we weren't quite ready for that growth yet. And so it was like keeping those people, right? Keeping them satisfied enough with their current role, knowing that they need to be like here or they're capable of being here. And it's like, hey, I know it's coming. Just like hold on a little bit longer and getting those people to stick around. I mean, we have people that have been here, you know, eight years or more. And we're, you know, we're only a 15 year old company this year. So, and for the first seven was like, three of us. <laughs> so it's not like, <laughs> not like there was anyone else. <laughs> so, you know, we were only, we built, we moved into our new building three years, about almost three and a half years ago. And we were at eight people. So wow. we weren't that big, even not that long ago. So, you know, when we talk about people being here a long time, is like really like most of the people who have were those seven or eight people are still here. So we, you know, that's been awesome for us because it is hard when you, when you have that changeover at an earlier stage to really keep the growth happening um, and to really build your core of uh, your core group of people has been, you know, our most beneficial piece. I mean, those people are invaluable to us. It's, it's uh, you know, I would, go to bat for all those people just because we wouldn't be here without any of them, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's amazing. I love that you can actually, um, you're, you're settled and completely believe that there's no, like, to just, just to acknowledge that as a leader and like, you know, I have no questions. If you truly mean that you a hundred percent mean that. And I think that's such a beautiful thing for you to, to understand that. But then also I would imagine to, um, for the employees under you to be led by that as well. So that's just so exciting. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. I had my very first job out of school. I worked for a civil engineering company, um, developing some training and development and stuff for them. And my very first boss was a very big influence on how I've like progressed through my career. And one of those things was just how much she cared about the individuals. Even when I left that company, you know, it was like, I was like, I didn't want to really leave that company. I didn't, I wanted to go in a different direction with my career, but I still, I mean, in fact, I was texting with her like the other day. So like, we still stay in contact the first person I had to let go. I was like calling her. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really sure how to do all this. Like, you know, can you help me out here? Can you guide me? Um, she's been a huge mentor for me and it really, it, she didn't do any of that to be that person. She just was that person. And so like, that's how I hope I can lead is like, you know, by example, by not, you know, being afraid to get my hands dirty you know, I'm in the fulfillment warehouse a lot. Like if they need help, I'm, I'm willing to help. It's just, I just want, I want them to also have that same buy-in and I don't think you can create it without having the willingness to do it yourself. Um, at some point, you know, at some size of a company, you just won't be able to do all that. But I think it's still important for me to like showcase and to like, let people know that it's, just by action that that's, you know, I do, I do fully believe that like you have to be willing to get on the ground level at any point in it's, you know, it's usually when you don't really want to, <laughs> it's like, I've got a million other things I need to do, but this is what needs done now. So let's do it. Uh, and that goes for all of our leadership too, not just me, but I think that, you know, t- 2020 was a big turning point for us. You know, it was like, you kind of either fell off the cliff or you started climbing and we like started climbing fast. So we were like, let's not wait around for this. Like, what can we do? We took totes of hand sanitizer in our warehouse and we were like filling bottles in our warehouse and like branding them for companies, like just all this stuff that we could do. That was just like, it's really like a startup mentality. That's how we try to operate is like, Hey, you're going to have to grind. And that's just part of it. And we actually like, like that part of it. It's like, we don't want to really lose that mindset because like you kind of become a little complacent at that point. And I just, you know, I, I think that that first boss I had really instilled that in me. It was like, Mm -hmm. and it was purely by her action. She never really like taught me that by words, but just really just like, you know, I just saw how much she genuinely cared about people, about how much she genuinely wanted you to be successful, even if that was not there. Like when I, I talked to her, when I was like wanting to move in a different direction and that was before I even had another position. Like I trusted that she wanted me to like go in that direction if that made sense for me. 
before we ever had the chance to really, you know, go down that path. So I hope that what you said is, you know, the way other people feel as well. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, just by modeling it, yeah, the way that you share it and um, is impactful and it made an impression on me. So thank you for that. I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for coming back on the Savage This Age podcast. Um, I know that we, you know, we didn't kind of go through the normal question set that we typically go through. Um, but I was really excited to really, you know, kind of capture the value piece and how you guys got there. Um, and specifically kind of all the challenges that you've walked through adding so many, you know, people to your team. And yeah, I just think that this is all really great information. You know, at full stack, we work at startup and scale ups. And so specifically, I feel like this conversation is just like watching the scale up version happen for your company. So uh, thank you for, thank you for taking me along this journey and our viewers along this journey journey. Um, if people wanted to get in touch with you, Gabe, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, they can email me. My email is Gabe at screenbroidery.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, so you can find me on there. That's probably the best two ways. And I would love to connect with people. I just I like you know learning about other people's journeys, and uh, it doesn't always have to directly be about the business side. It can be just about the network side. Um, but I would love to connect with, you know, some of your viewers as well. And in, in here, kind of how their journey is maybe impacted by stuff that we've had to face as well, or maybe things that they've learned that, you know, can, they can teach me. That sounds great. Well, Gabe, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.